Hey there, we're about to start our free training, the 3 p.m. teacher that only happens once a year. Teachers are learning how to consistently leave school prepared and on time without bringing work home so that they can finally be present during precious family time at night and on the weekends. When you attend this free training, you get an hour PD certificate and other bonuses when you show up live. You will learn how to lesson plan faster, how to spend less time on grading, your actual teacher type, and how it's preventing you from really leaving school on time. I can't wait for you to join us so that you can finally have the best school year ever. Hey, I'm Kristen Donegan, and you're listening to Real Teacher Talk. I often say what's on a teacher's mind, and my mission is this. Help busy teachers leave school at three so they can finally enjoy their life outside of the classroom. Why? Because I know how tiring it is to have a never-ending checklist as a teacher and miss out on being fully present at home. On Real Teacher Talk, discover how to work smarter, not harder, enjoy teaching again, and still have plenty of time to shut off your brain outside of the classroom to do the things you love. Sound impossible? I promise it isn't. Do you have a parent or caregiver in your classroom right now who's kind of stressing you out? You know, the parent who emails you all hours of the day, they're constantly questioning teaching choices or things that you're doing in your classroom or things that you're not doing and you want to pull your hair out. Well, if you do, this episode's for you. This is one area I really, really struggled with because I'm very much a black and white thinker. I'm very much for fairness and I often felt as a teacher sometimes really disrespected by parents. And I think to myself, if you talk to me like this on the streets, it would look like a different story. But because you're an employee of the school district, you have to be professional. And as an adult, sometimes it feels really hard, especially because someone just isn't being kind. So today's episode's not talking about the parents or caregivers who are disrespectful, who are calling you names, who are a bit out of hand. We're not talking about those parents. That's a whole nother episode for another day. What we are talking about is the parents that you probably encounter fairly often. And I have a different perspective now as a parent than maybe I did a couple years ago when I wasn't. And at the end of the day, the reason why parents are emailing you or micromanaging or whatever it may look like often comes from a lack of control. And this is something I talked with my last principal about because I was, I was struggling with this one mom who I don't think ever said anything nice. The emails were always complaining. It was, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you sending me this reminder? You know, just being really rude. I mean, downright rude. And I was getting frustrated because I felt like I was bending over backwards. I was doing everything I could to really support this family. And no matter what I did, it just wasn't good enough. Nothing was going to make me happy. 
And so my principal said, hey, look, because she deals with this all the time, right? With parents, she says, it's not about you. It's about this parent. And it's about the lack of control that she's feeling in her life. And because she doesn't have that, she's trying to control whatever she can with her daughter or with that situation. And I learned just last week at therapy because I do the same thing and I'm nervous about when I'm going to be, you know, a parent who's a former teacher and my, my students classes or my student, my, my kids, my own kids. But my therapist said, Kristen, the reason why you constantly need to control the day and what it looks like is because it's an anxiety or like a trauma based way to comfort yourself. And it was really, really eye opening because I thought I was just getting ahead of potential problems, which does serve me really well as a mom and as a teacher and of the course creator behind easy organization tools, but it also causes a lot of anxiety. So if we can look at it from that lens, when caregivers are sending the emails and the phone calls and wanting all the meetings to how we interpret, maybe question what we're doing is really coming from anxiety and fear and a lack of control. And if you think about it from that lens, you know, maybe they're they're worried their child's not getting the best education, or maybe they're worried they're falling through the cracks. That's more about them than it is about you. And so maybe if we can look at it from that lens and realize it's not a personal attack on us, even though it feels that way, right? That it's more about them. And so here's a couple things you can do. Five things that you can do with those parents, you know, who are are stressing you out a bit. (laughs) So first things first, when you get that email or you get the phone call, I like to take a moment and not respond immediately. This is the number one reason why I took email off my phone, off my iPad, why I stopped checking it when I got home was because I would let it ruin my night when I'd get an email like that. I'm emotional. (laughs) I'm anxious. And so it would really bum me out. So I, I took that off. And then I wanted just to give myself some time to think about it. Do not respond right away. You probably already know this, but the response is going to look a lot different than if you gave it time to kind of cool down and process it. Second thing you can do is try to keep it student-centered. So whenever you respond back or make a phone call, keep it around the student and what you're going to do together to do whatever you can to support that student and do what is best for him or for her. So keep it student-centered. Now, if you get that that email and they are just on a good one, right? You know, maybe they had a couple glasses of wine. Those emails typically come in the evening time. Maybe they just got into an argument with their spouse, had a bad day at work, and you're going to take the brunt of that. Then that's when it may be better to have a phone call within like 24, 48 hours. I feel like a lot can get lost in translation. And because I'm very blunt and direct, Some people tell me it can come across a little bit rude. So sometimes just having that phone call where you keep it student-centered that way really, really helps. The third thing, and this is not something I'm great at, 
especially if someone's being, in my opinion, rude, (laughs) is to show empathy, to let them know, I hear what you're saying, validate their feelings. I'm so sorry this happened. I hear that you're frustrated because whatever it is, they want to be heard. And if you look at it in your own life, you know, maybe with your spouse, when I look at it with my husband, I just want him to hear that I'm frustrated and then talk about like next steps. What can be the solution? So you're going to be showing empathy and validating. And then the fourth thing, which is really, really powerful is to ask them, what's the outcome you'd like to see? So maybe they're upset about an assessment that their child brought home. They didn't do so well on it. Okay, (laughs) well, what do you want to see? What do you want to happen? And sometimes that helps kind of cut through all the nonsense, the background story, whatever it is. And it's just like, okay, what do you want the solution to be? What can we do to work together to maybe make that happen or come up with some sort of alternative? And then the fifth thing is to really set those boundaries. Sometimes we feel stress because, you know, I'm responding to an email at nighttime after my husband didn't unload the dishwasher and I'm annoyed. So I may read that email coming from a place of already being annoyed. So if you set email boundaries or email office hours, which I've shared a lot about inside the Easy Organization Tools program, So maybe you check email from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. So you're letting them know up front, hey, I'm available at this time. I may be available to get back to you. I can't promise anything, but this is typically when I have time, I'm able to respond. And then that way, you know, the stress isn't so much there at nights or on the weekends because you don't even know that email is sitting in your inbox. How does that sound? And then I'm going to throw in a sprinkle in a couple little things that I would do to kind of set the tone for the year, because this was an area I knew I wanted to improve where I didn't want the way parents were talking to me. And by the way, I don't mean all parents. I had many amazing, lovely parents, but for some reason it's human nature. I focused on the negative ones or the ones that really, the ones that I really allowed to stress me out. So um, some things that I did to build those relationships, and you're probably already doing this, is communicating effectively and often. You know, sometimes people, or I found parents would email often because maybe they were unclear about an assignment. So I started getting more clear in my newsletters. And rather than sending monthly newsletters, I went to weekly newsletters where I explained what we're doing for the week. So that eliminated some confusion, or I was more clear about due dates and things that were coming up because, you know, I'd get those emails like, Hey, why didn't you tell me about picture day? And it's like, I did, but maybe I need to be doing it in a different way. So those emails come in less, less often. So look at the type of emails. And if you're seeing a pattern That's really where we got to reflect as teachers and look at, hey, what is my role in this? What can I do to decrease the amount of confusion maybe that's happening to make it easier for families? Because I'm telling you, as a parent of two now, and just seeing how much busier my plate is as a human being than it was pre-kids, 
I get trying to juggle all the due dates and all the things and the spirit weeks and the assignments and whatever it is and lives only in preschool. So I can only imagine what it's going to look like when she gets a little bit bigger, but that's a lens. I like to look at it. Something else you can do to really build that trust. And I've shared about this before. And I learned about this, I think from Ron Clark years ago when he was on Oprah, he would go visit students in their homes that I don't do, (laughs) that I did not have time for or didn't make time for. But instead, I would send a friendly email once a month to every student in my class. So I'd use my plan book. You can use your grading checklist, whatever it looks like. And each week, I'd send about five friendly emails, really simple with a heading or the subject saying friendly email. (laughs) Because if you don't do that, you can give families a heart attack when they see that email from the teacher like, oh gosh, what happened? And then I would just point out something that I appreciated about the child, some area of progress, a win that they had, how helpful they were being to another student or to myself, whatever it may be. So that way, if you have to send an email in between or maybe they're happy in between the next friendly email, your communication isn't always about a roadblock or a challenge or something that's happening. So that way they're more likely to be on your side and work together to support their child when they're also getting positive feedback. So that's something really helpful. And then the third, and this is hard for me, is to not take it personal. Most of the time, it's not about you. It's an outside factor. And you just happen to be the person taking the brunt of whatever frustration, fear, anxiety, lack of control that they're going through. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) It's not personal. My first reaction, my gut reaction is always straight up to get annoyed, to roll my eyes, to get frustrated. And if I were back in the classroom right now, that would be a massive area that I'd want to grow as an educator and as a human, because sometimes, you know, when you're being critiqued, I don't want to say called out because it's not being called out, but you know, when people aren't being so nice, you know, it, it can be frustrating because in everyday life, when we communicate with people like that, you know, you can choose not to be around them. You know, if you have a friend who's like that, you can choose not to respond. You can choose to say, hey, you're being really rude right now. And, you know, with parents and caregivers, that looks a lot different. So deep breaths, hang in there. You can take your power, your control back a little bit, right? By keeping it student-centered, by building that trust, showing empathy, asking them what outcome is it that they'd like to see and set those boundaries so that getting to interact with parents is more positive than it is a little bit frustrating or negative. All right, everyone. Thanks again for being here this week on Real Teacher Talk. Can't wait to see you next week and make sure to take some time for you today. You deserve it. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Real Teacher Talk. I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway. Just tag me on Instagram stories at Easy Teaching Tools so I can check it out and share it out with everyone else.